What's up, navigators? Okay, it is Friday. This is the last episode of season four of Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin. And if you're listening to this right now on Friday, August 5th, I'm on vacation. <laughs> ah, yes, I am pre-recording this because I'm going on vacation. So there. Um, all right. I hope you guys had a chance to listen to Tuesday's episode where I was talking about uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act. Um, there are so many different aspects to the ADA and now, for those of you who are Law and Order fans, I don't mean Assistant District Attorney. Okay. ADA, um, Americans with Disabilities Act. And um, for an overview, go ahead and, and go back and listen to uh, Tuesday's episode because there is some good information and um it also gives you a good uh overview as far as other disabilities because the american the, the ADA does not talk about any specific disability per se now it does talk about um braille signage for the blind things like that um in in you know public buildings and government offices and things like that you have to have accessible signs and doors and things like that and in those areas yes it talks specifically about blindness but um not uh not in any other um kind of way if that if that makes sense um so there there's a couple things that I want to talk about as far as um the ADA and blindness or visually visual impairment um sorry for the paper rustling I did take notes this this stuff was interesting I even learned a couple of things so I mean not that I'm above learning anything but um there's been some some things that have updated that I did not know. And so we'll get to that. But so um, there's there's I talked about the the main areas of um the ADA, the main titles, main sections, or or what have you, and uh, so here we go. Here's some things that are just you know um, more specifically towards the blind. Um, things like public buses, public trains, things like that need to be accessible. They need to have audible. Uh, stops the either the bus driver needs to call out the stops or there needs to be 
um, the audible technology voice, you know, uh, something has to audibly speak the stops for people on the bus. Um, and if there is not, like if there's uh, areas like county and more rural areas where buses, you know, regular local buses don't go, then they need a paratransit system, which stands for parallel transit, which I did not know. I really didn't. I thought the para was for like the disabled part. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I just, I don't know. Anyways, so it's parallel transit system, which is basically a system that is as good as the bus as far as gets you to where you need to go. But it's door to, I mean, curb to curb service, not door to door. So it's just like the bus where you get off on the bus stop at the curb. So, um, like, you know, the, the, the paratransit bus will take you to, like, the main door or whatever of your doctor's building. Um, they're not just going to, like, drop you off in the street. Um, but it's a curb-to-curb -curb service. And, you know, that's that's what I call dial Paratransit, to me, it's the umbrella. Um, it, it covers dial-a-ride and, and all of that. Well, I just call everything dial-a-ride. I don't know why. That's just what I do. I don't, I don't know. Um, but one thing I did find out that I, I found interesting was that um, the Lions Club also is able to uh, establish transportation services for blind people wherever there's like no bus or public transportation or whatever. I did not know that. Um, I didn't even really know that the, the Lions Club was still around. Um, but um, some really good information on that I got on um, visionaware.org. And then also um, preventblindness.org. Um, quite a bit of very, very good, useful information. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be yawning on you guys. I'm tired today. Woo-wee. Um, anyways, so there's, there's standards um, for accessibility. You've got the Department of Justice, which that standard was beca became mandatory um, March 15, 2012, which is basically the, the standards of your building. And that is um, pretty much if you serve the public, you have to have, like I said, the ADA signage, the Braille signs for um, any room that the public can go into, really. So like any um, uh, dining hall or restroom or um, office or whatever has to have the proper signage. And, and then, of course, the Department of Transportation, DOT standard, that is for transportation, right? Um, not just the buses and such, though, but also um, airline travel and, uh, and that kind of stuff. So definitely um, both things that you want to look at if you are... Um, 
looking at opening a business or something to that effect. Uh, you want to make sure that you meet the the ADA criteria because, I mean, there's fines and, and you know, you can even have your business shut down if uh, you're not ADA compliant. So you need to make sure to uh, keep that in mind if you are opening a business. Um, so uh, let's talk for a minute about the, the term legally blind. Okay, uh, I've talked about this before where most people think that that's a medical term, legally blind, right? It, it seems like a medical term, but really it's not. It's a, a legal term. And it was actually that term was uh, created, I guess, uh, by the government because there has to be some sort of standard right, for like social security, disability, um, and those kind of things for, for programs and, and things like that. They had to have a standard set for what the criteria was going to be for the people that qualify for these programs for the blind. And so they, they, um, they defined the government is they. You know, you know how everybody says, like, they say, they say this, they say that. They say that's fashion. They say this is good learning. They say this is a great movie or whatever. And you never know who they is. Well, nine times out of ten, my friends, they is the government. So, anyway. So, legally blind just means you have a visual acuity of 2,200. Okay, for those of you who are not familiar with these kinds of terms, this okay, first of all, it's it's written out as a fraction, 20 over 200, okay? And your visual acuity is just basically how far you can see. And so legally blind means basically what a what a normal sighted person can see at 200 feet. I have to have at 20 feet. Is basically what that means, okay? And that's with whatever best correction that you can get, whether it's glasses, contacts, LASIK, whatever, um, or a visual field of less than 20 degrees. Visual field, if for those of you who are unfamiliar with the term, is your peripheral vision, um, your 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 side vision and your top and bottom vision, right? So like folks like me that have RP or other um, retinal diseases, a lot of times they have tunnel vision, which means all you see is directly in front of you. So some people can have perfect acuity, 20-20 acuity, but if all they can see is a little pin spot directly in front of them, that's definitely less than 20 degrees. And so that would qualify them to be legally blind. And I believe if I remember right, um, a person with a, you know, what's considered normal sight usually sees at a 75 degree angle. And that's what it means by degrees. We're not talking temperature or anything like that. So please don't be ridiculous. We're talking about the degrees of, you know, 
I'm pointing like you guys should know what I'm pointing at, and I don't even know what I'm pointing at. I'm pointing like the compass, you know, how, how the compass is north, south, east. I don't understand what I'm doing, but whatever. Anyways, so so you you you've got those two qualifiers, okay, and and so. When you look at what the ADA says about, um, well, here, look, it just basically says in Title II, it says that blind and visually impaired people get the same access, equal treatment, equal employment. Um, we get to enjoy, not just have access to, but we get to have equal access and enjoyment of goods and services or facilities or whatever. Because, I mean, think of it this way, like when a blind person goes to the movies, movies have become, have been required now. I don't, I should have looked this up, but I didn't even know I was gonna go here with this example, but uh, movies have the descriptive audio that you can get the headphones. And so you get the headphones and they don't charge. They're not allowed to charge because it's a reasonable accommodation, okay? So they give you the headphones and you can go in and watch the movie, but in the headphones, it's describing what's going on. And that's the kind of thing. You have to be able to make it so that the, the blind or visually impaired person has just as good of a time, basically, right? Same kind of services if you're if you're applying for benefits of some sort government benefits the same access to the same services as everybody else it can't be um uh disabled specific and and the americans with disabilities acts make makes sure of that and so the biggest part of um, the ADA that pertains to blindness, in my opinion, the, 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 I, I don't know if the biggest is the, the right word, but, um, service animals. So let's talk a little bit about service animals. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about service animals because I mean, I have talked extensively and will continue to talk extensively, uh, about guide dogs and service dogs. Um, but definition-wise, the Americans with Disabilities Act is very specific on what a service animal it is. And that definition is a dog, yes, I said dog, that has been individually trained, which means trained with an individual. It doesn't mean trained on his own It mean, or trained by its owner. It just means like Garmin and I, we trained together. Garmin got trained and then we trained together, individually trained, the dog and the individual, okay, to do work or to perform tasks for a person with a disability. And those tasks have to be directly related to the disability. So for example, if, uh, wow, I don't know. Um, 
if I have if if I have seizures and my dog is trained to get my shoes, that's not specifically trained for the disability. Okay, so that is very important, and that's that's why emotional support animals cannot qualify because they're not specifically trained. They're not trained with an individual to perform a specific task. They're simply there for comfort. And that is the, the big difference that people don't necessarily understand or, or want to know. Um, but that is, that's, you know, a big, um, a big sticking point. And, and there's lots of reasons for that. But what you have to think about is the fact that in an emotional support animal, you can't train an emotional support animal to give emotional support. That's, that's not really how it works. And so you, um, you can't, you can't, you can't be offended by that. Um, because I mean, and, and because it's the law. Now, if you want to try and get that changed, then by all means, um, I don't think it's a good idea. But you know, it's, you know, I don't know what, you know, I I don't I don't I don't you know because usually an emotional support dog as far as people are concerned is somebody trying to bring their chihuahua in this into the grocery store is is what i have found now um as of march 15th 2011 only dogs are recognized as service animals um under title two and three the so that's the buildings and transportation um only dogs and uh you know, they are actually, and I found, I found this as well, um, which I did not know. They are um, ponies, uh, the miniature ponies. They are, you know, really wanted, they're really trying uh, to, to, you know, Miniature ponies for can be used for you know several um, several services, and so it's it's an interesting thought. And they're small enough; they're between seventy and a hundred pounds, and and so they're um, small enough to where you know it's it's similar. To, I mean, my dog's 85 pounds, so, you know, he could be a mini pony, I guess, right? Um, if you really thought about it. It's, it's interesting, though, because when you, when, you, when you think about a service dog, most people think of dogs for the blind. And, you know, you can have a service dog for people in wheelchairs, um, 
they you know can pull the wheelchair they can help people get things off shelves um you can have the, the dogs that alert for people that have seizures you can also have um anxiety and ptsd dogs you know so it's not it's not just about having a, a guide dog so it's not it's not the the fact that it's 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 just a matter of what the the dog is trained to do and if you have a dog that is trained to do specific things because of your PTSD then that's a service animal um animals or dog that can uh remind you a person with bipolar or you know some other kind of like schizophrenia they can um uh let them know when they need to take their medicine so that they can uh you know in case they forget um they could be trained to remind you know for that they could dogs are so smart it's amazing to me um it's amazing how smart animals are and what they can be trained to do um but i have an interesting uh well you get it on um the ADA's website ada.gov but it there's so much information about the definitions of service animals um laws surrounding them and and uh uh if you p see people that are not uh training their service animals properly you know, it gives you information on what to do with that um, and still be ADA compliant. So, you know, it's really, it's, it's not so much that you have to, you know, make some big accommodation for people, you know. But, oh, and I did misspeak. I had said that uh, the, the waitress that was at the... It was at Haymakers, I think I said it was, and I was wrong. It was actually at Country Boys, so I want to get that correct, um, where the, the waitress did not want to come near my table. And, you know, there's there's been times where, you know, you get, uh, you get somebody that's more than willing, like, for example, the boat going out to Catalina, they were willing to do pretty much anything necessary to make, because I, that's where I broke my ankle, for those of you that don't know, on the boat going to Catalina. Um, and they, but they want to make sure that they are blind-friendly as well as other disabilities. And, and I spoke with the lady on the phone, actually, and, and she was like, is there anything that we could do to make it better to make it easier to make you know something like this not happen which was totally my dog's fault so there's nothing that the boat could have done and but they were so willing and you have those businesses and those places and that's how it should be now you, you know i'm not you now granted if you have a business and and it's can it's can gonna cost you 
an exorbitant amount of money to do reconstruction, you know, to make your your business um, friendly for blind people. You know, it's that's also covered in the ADA, and you know they call it quote undue hardship, and and that's just basically formed by. Uh, you know, how big the business is, how much money they make, how many employees there are. And they kind of do a, a percentage type of, not percentage, but like a, you know, a thing where, okay, in in relation to what's going on in this business, you know, financially, um, the property, the physical property, you know, and if it's going to, if it's just going to be ridiculous to try and do, then, then it's... They don't, it's not required. Um, if you have a small business and two or three employees, you know, it's not going to be required. You know, it's not, we're not, you know, as, as disabled people, we're not trying to put businesses out of business. We just want to be treated the same as everybody else and have the same access that everybody else does. You know, how frustrating is it for someone in a wheelchair to show up at a business and there's no elevator? I can't even imagine the frustration that that... I would be so mad. Like, I would, I, I just would go start running over people's feet. Excuse me, who's the CEO of this Cracker Jack operation? <laughs> just start running people over. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I'm a savage. Okay. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to sign off, guys. So I hope you have enjoyed season four of Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin. And please, please, please feel free to reach out on my social media. That would be Navigating Life with Lara and Garmin on Facebook and LinkedIn and WhatsApp at Garmin Navigates on Twitter. You can send me an email, email GarminNavigates at Outlook.com. And if you're looking for a good read... Uh, you can't even begin to imagine gaining strength while losing my sight. It's available on Amazon and on Kindle, and it's a fabulous book, and I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. I'm saying it because it's true. Well, and because uh, I did write it. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I will be back in a few weeks with Season 5, so, of course, any suggestions, I am all for them. And until we meet again... Be a blessing, give out free smiles and compliments, make the people around you feel good. People may not always remember what you had to say, but they will always remember how you made them feel. So let's make each other feel encouraged. All right, guys, take care.